Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse, Code, and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers. Laura Elizabeth as the Orc Countant Eta and Princess Gwendolyn. Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom. McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! A massive four-tentacled uh, lightning being has risen uh, from the engine of the fall felled cloud skimmer. Um, for visuals, think uh, the... Oh, Jesus, what do they call it in the most recent Stranger Things monster um, that wasn't the, the mind, Danny Gorgon? The Mind Flayer. The Mind yeah. Flayer, yeah. Yeah, but on a smaller scale. So it's not that like, you know, city sized, um, but kind of four massive cascading Ooh. arced um, electrical tentacles and then kind of a central uh, body with kind of um, uh, a sparking massive uh, 
it's a jaw would be the wrong term. It's more of just kind of a gaping void of electricity in its center. But clearly what you would imagine if it was going to try and chomp on you with uh, what it would try and chomp on you with. Um, so uh, as that uh, begins to ascend from the uh, the felled engine where it was feeding uh, and growing, um, please roll initiative. 15, one five for Duncan. Yep. 15 for Ida. Hey. Uh, one for Maka. Maka. Yep. <laughs> well, it also rolled badly, so you got that going for you at least. Okay. Um, Duncan, what is your, um, what bonus do you add to your initiative when you roll? Plus six. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> going first. <laughs> Yeah, Duncan adds his proficiency to his initiative. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. he's a sorty boy, a sorty, sorty boy. Um, okay, great. So, uh, Duncan, you're up first. Um, you hear uh, Ita's indecision followed by her indecision suddenly cutting off, uh, which is never a great sign, as well as that sound of like, I've only heard it once or twice, but like that that heavy electrical like <laughs> like uh, of of massive amounts of of wattage running. Yeah, like when you're and, near a power station and yeah, it just yeah. like has like the arc and it's like what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you hear that and like that's not a great sound, and you were worried this thing was going to explode anyway. So you step out of the cabin uh, to see uh, this. Uh, uh, creature rise uh from the engine what do you yeah, i was gonna say it's so bad duncan actually spins and he kicks open the cabin door and just comes out shooting like i'm gonna use a swashing point to make this like a full assault amazing nice. <laughs> i um, love that so he's coming out uh both barrels just full blast using his arm as like the the steadying force Great, for, love for the shots um he gets advantage for free because the it hasn't acted yet in combat. So it's a 22 to hit with the first shot. That'll hit. Yep. Oh, it's even more than that, but all good. Uh, <laughs> and the second shot is a, a dirty 20. Yep. Both of those will hit. Great. And I am adding an additional four damage. So for the first shot, ooh, yeah, baby. It does uh, 17 damage. Uh, and the second bullet or round goes through. It does a it does eight. Okay. So for a total of twenty five. Damn man. From Mister Bang. Some good shooting. <laughs> um, the bullets um, strike it. Um, you you see it do that kind of classic kaiju thing when a kaiju gets hit by stuff or kind of like tilts a little bit. Um, and um, uh, it, if it had a face, it would uh, look to you as as you run out uh, shooting. Um, right. Uh, and and it, then in the spirit of what their tactical plan is, if he can, he would use his movement to get in front of Ida and draw his rapier. Like he's big distract boy is his yep. goal. No, I think you could absolutely use your movement for that. Again, this thing, um, there is also value to noting that like, its legs are cascading out of the engine as it kind of like makes itself corporeal again. So you do have those moments as you kind of scatter and, and, and work. So yeah, um, you run in front, um, you, you pull your blade, um, the driest hair, um, I guess like a bit of your beard might be starting to kind of like, um, stand on end, but you're also so wet. That's not like you'd have full frizz hair or anything. Cause like you're soaked. 
but you can feel just the the the, the electrical energy uh, coming off this thing and, and kind of crackling around you. Um, that said, um, you don't feel it as intently as you might otherwise, uh, because a lot of the the static electricity is being absorbed by uh, Maka's blessing. Um, cool. You you face down uh, the uh, air elemental Myrmidon. Uh, so you face down the uh, the Myrmidon. Um, Ita, um, Duncan is just swept in front of you. I uh, got between him and the, the creature. He's just shot it twice. Uh, the Myrmidon is, is rising. What do you do? Um, I, I think I will cast disorienting theorem on it. Um, just to like kind of confuse and distract it. Okay. Um, and kind of like leaning out from behind Duncan just ever so slightly. I just say, this is, this is where I speak like mathematical or like physical falsehoods to disorient mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And I just say, energy can be created and destroyed and we will destroy you. Okay. Uh, what do I need to roll? Um, intelligence saving throw DC 14. <laughs> well, you picked a good stat for this one. Uh, DC 17. 14. 14. Um, all right. Uh, uh, the creature makes it. Ah! ah um, you knew I spoke falsely. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, it, it sort of crackles and looks to you, then crackles back to um, Duncan. Um, every time its head turns, feel, you get that after image thing where it's like, it's not like it's physically glowing in your eyes, but it's just its features seem to appear wherever it's looking, um, which is. Mm. Uh, mm. Distracting, but makes sense. Um, all right, uh, great. Next up, uh, we have uh, the Myrmidon. Um, so it will, um, with Duncan kind of directly in front of it, um, um, one of its um, arms kind of dissipates uh, and shoots back up kind of through its body um, and emerges uh, kind of as um, crackling uh, electrical um, almost like a ball, little balls of lightning. It almost looks like an electrical flail uh, and basically just whips forward and up. Uh, so just kind of rakes up across your body or at least it's going to attempt to. Uh, what's your AC right now, sir? 17. 17. All right. Uh, so that is a hit, a miss, and another hit. So um, you managed to, um, I think, just slice one of them clear with your blade uh, since it's out and on the ready. Uh, two of the hits uh, strike you for um, that is uh, 15 points of damage bludgeoning damage bludgeoning damage okay is it electrical so does that affect it by the resistance yes it is and it is Um, as uh, the two do strike though um, the the two balls strike each other um, kind of near your head and burst um, hitting you with uh, a lightning strike um, so, uh, that is one moment, an additional, uh, 21 points of lightning damage. And I need you to make a DC 14 con save. I will give you advantage because of Maka's blessing on the save. Is that 21 before resistance or after resistance? Before resistance. I'm just going to give you the clean, the clean, dirty numbers and you can. Beautiful. Cheat however you want, players. <laughs> Um, I would like to use an uncanny dodge reaction on that to have the damage further. So does that eliminate it altogether or that's it's halved by resistance then halved um, again? 
can you do that to this is technically an effect off of that attack rather than a separate attack so can you do that in reaction to just any damage that you perceive coming uh it says when an attacker you can see hits you with an attack so i don't i i don't know it's a weird vagary of this um i would let you have I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. So let's have the remaining damage uh, rather than completely neutralizing it, um, okay. only because I feel like I would probably have let you use that on an earlier attack rather than this one, so it'll net out to roughly the same amount of, um, yep, of damage. Totally reasonable. Uh, and you said yeah. con save DC 14? That's correct. With advantage. Uh, but uh, you also have disadvantage from being exhausted, so it will net out to a single roll. But does the saving throw qualify as an ability check? Oh, it doesn't. You're correct. So no, you have advantage. All good. Uh, that one comes out to 17 total. 17? All right. Um, so you're fine. Your your head is ringing, uh, but uh, you've got your eyes on the prize. Nice thing about fighting a giant lightning monster is you don't need to worry about where it is. It is very obviously directly in front of you. That is true. Excellent. Uh, all right. Um, and uh, that brings us to Maka. Uh, Maka hearing this commotion will now finally uh, emerge from the crashed uh, um, cloud skimmer. Um, and uh, as soon as he sees what's going on, he's going to cast uh, Chill Touch again. So that mm -hmm. spectral skeletal hand kind of, I think, just emerges up out of the ground and tries to grasp at uh, at this elemental Myrmidon. Jesus. Yeah. All right, so magic attack. 18 plus 8. Uh, so Ooh, 26. Yes, that will definitely hit. Yep. Uh, and then 2d8 for damage. Oh, not double 8s this time. Um, that's a total of 6 damage, Necrotic. 6 damage? All right. Great. Um, so yeah, the hand comes up, grabs at the the pillar that it had kind of dropped to steady itself. Um, the hand kind of like breaks through the um, uh, one of the arms. Uh, another one cascades and shoots out. The whole creature lurches and hits the ground. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's corporeal form shifts rather uh, rather frequently. Uh, top of the round, uh, Duncan, uh, you've just been hit by some lightning damage. Uh, the creature is is in front of you. Um, uh, Maka has just staggered it somewhat. Uh, what do you do? Oh, Duncan's just swinging in with that rapier, baby. Uh, I think because it's kind of incorporeal, he's not going to do his usual like spear work because that's what you would do with a physical body to prevent it from getting caught up in bones. So I think in this case, it's actually him in the rare chance of taking his rapier pommel with his second hand and just hacking like a machete at the limbs that are in front sure, of him. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so he's, yeah, he's just kind of doing that heroic last stand, defend the target behind him thing. It's a form of training he would rarely get two handed with a rapier <laughs> with client directly behind him. But you know what? This is why he trained so hard for so many years. Yeah, I, I feel like you also got training with a two by four in case you were unarmed. And this is just <laughs> evoking that like weirdly enough. Yes, I do add my proficiency to improvised weapons. You know, there we go. You know? A lot nice. of weird skill sets. Spent a lot of time uh, viewing the traveling play walk tall and uh it's true. It's walking true. Tall, All right. Uh, and I, he will be using a swashing point. He's his full debonair ass kicking self. Uh, the first attack is a 17. Oh, no, that's a 21 to hit. Yep. Uh, and the second is a 
27. <laughs> Oof. Yes. 27. To <laughs> both, obviously. <laughs> uh, the first strike will be doing uh, 16 magical piercing damage. I imagine the weapon's magic quality might matter against an elemental. Who knows? Uh, it does, yes. Beautiful. And the second one does... In that it doesn't suck and eat shit while hitting it. <laughs> this is why he loves it. Uh, we'll do a total of 12 uh, magical piercing damage for okay. the second strike. So uh, what was your damage total? Total will be 29. 17 to 12. Damn, man. Yes. Holy shit. And I think he'll just be yelling, I love this fucking sword! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, amazing. Um, Ita, uh, good news. Duncan loves his fucking sword. What do you do? Um, that's great. I'm going to do what I should have done at the start of every combat and I always forget about and use a droid analysis because it's just a free bonus action and I always forget mm-hmm. about it. So <laughs> I'm yeah, going you only to use it for fishing these days. Fucking hell, right? <laughs> so um, I'm going to do that, which allows me to like analyze its movement patterns to give it's me... Discombobulate. Yeah, exactly. Um, and... I'm going to come in, like, basically pop out from behind Duncan, where I've kind of been the whole time, um, and just and and just take a great swing with my great club. Cool. Because <laughs> that is a 15 to hit. Unfortunately, that will not. Ah! All right. Uh, you swing the club through, um, and uh, despite, again, you're, you're having the same problem with the droid analysis that you did previously, which is that you can't, it's hard to track lightning that is moving in a sentient way because it defies science. And as a result, uh, no dice. so you swing, you swing through, but uh, the, uh, the area you're swinging at dissipates and reforms as, as you do so, okay. um, much to your frustration. Uh, it is the Myrmidon's turn. Let's see if it regains its lightning strike. Oh, baby. That's a six. Six <laughs> on the die. So uh, it is going to... This time it's going to take two strikes at Duncan and one strike at Ita. You'll have disadvantage at striking Ita because you're kind of behind Duncan. But um, okay. Although you would have to step forward to attack, so actually it won't. Uh, it'll take two on Duncan, one on you. Uh, Duncan, your AC again, sir. 17, one seven. 17. All right. Uh, so that is one hit, one miss. And Ita, uh, that is a hit. Oof. Um, okay. So, Duncan, uh, for you, sir, uh, that, ooh, wow. Uh, that is going to be, um, oh, I only hit with one of those. So, actually, you only get one, which is much better. Uh, so, 12 <laughs> points of damage. Cool. I want to use a reaction to parry. Okay. So I get to remove. Oh, I literally, it was 12, right? Yeah, I can't not. That's the minimum roll. So uh, oh, I managed shit. to reduce the damage from uh, that to zero. Nice. All right, great. So um, yeah, as as you strike out, um, or as it strikes, you just like, uh, while swinging your sword, I think just muscle your, your you know, double-handed grip under your rain cloak and just kind of swing it up. So the lightning slaps against it. Um, and you see kind of electrical charge uh, casting around. I'm imagining those like, uh, I forget what sci-fi thing does it, but those, there's a whole bunch of things. I mean, Kevlar, I think also does this where just whatever gets hit, everything kind of 
zooms around that and hardens, um, mm. but kind of happening across your spores. Mm-hmm. So as the lightning strikes it, like a bunch of them clump together and become harder and firmer and like take the uh, the hit before mm. dissipating. Um, but uh, Ita, for you, um, oh man, I rolled trash. Uh, oh, uh, you rolled trash. Uh, yeah. Trash for you. Uh, trash for me. Good for you. Good. Um, so that's seven points of bludgeoning damage. Unfortunately, uh, it's also going to unleash its lightning strike damage on ah! you. Um, it might secretly be salty that you tried to disprove its existence a few minutes ago. That always pisses people off. Um, yeah. so they take that really hard for some reason. Uh, 18 yeah, points why. of lightning damage. Oh, added to that? Okay. Yeah. And then I need a DC 14 con save from you, please. Con save? <laughs> no. It's a five. All right. Uh, you are stunned until the end of the Myrmidon's next turn. Oh, shit. Does that mean um, my adroit analysis is now ineffective? I believe so. You're incapacitated. You can't move and can speak only falteringly. Uh, you automatically fail strength and dex saves and attack rolls against you have advantage. Um, so okay. as, as you're struck with lightning, <laughs> um, uh, not only are you interrupted, but like it occurs to you that if lightning, if energy cannot be destroyed, then this thing theoretically can't be defeated. And it, it, it gives you pause uh, to, you know, chew on as you're, fried from electrical energy mm-hmm. uh it's a bummer i mean uh, i'm just kind of aware that like the energy from the lightning is translating into physical damage in my body like it's forced that yeah yeah absolutely it all, it all, like it all makes sense like as your hair burns um, <laughs> yeah like yeah you're having one of those real like ah, academic energy debate. transfer <laughs> yeah um yeah you're, you're trying to do math while you're getting tased it's yeah. gonna take you <laughs> it's that it's that classic like listen um i've read a lot about running marathons and i'm pretty sure i oh. um so yes the reality is harsher than the the theory as always um cool oh, um boy. maka um you see uh ida just get get electro blasted um and uh clearly kind of stumbling around swinging her club in a daze um uh duncan seems to be kind of well sheltered under your your you know, ages as it were. Um, yeah. But you're up. What do you do? Um, it may be difficult to tell, but does this creature look like it's yielding or or faltering in any way, or does it seem? No, it uh, it seems hell bent on uh, destroying whatever was uh, all right bothering it. We're gonna. <laughs> I was just imagining Andy defraining up to the sky and just yelling. Panthers! <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh... <laughs> I would like to say that Mark Deathcap summoned Panthers that day. I would like to say that. Yeah. Sometimes Panthers don't show up when you need them to. Uh, I'm going to up the necrotic damage ante uh, and cast Blight on mm. this uh, yes. elemental. Uh, and Blight... Uh, requires uh, this fellow to make a constitution saving throw mm. to beat a 16. Nice. Uh, it does not. Okay. Uh, that is 8d8 necrotic damage. Whoa! <laughs> God, I love Blight. Blight to meet you. So this is 4d8 I'm rolling right now. Just give me a second. So that's 12 <laughs> plus 9 is... Uh, 20, uh, 21? Yep. Thank you. Here's the other four. <laughs> um, 
seven and seven is 14 plus three is um, 17. Um, 17 plus 12 is 29. Oh, Jesus. Was it plus, was it plus 21 though? Right? 17 plus 21? Sorry, I got them mixed up and said it was 12. It was 21. I'm sorry. So even better. Yeah, yeah. More like uh 38. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Wow, wow, we wow. Um, all right. Damn, man. <laughs> um, all right. So uh yeah, describe what this uh what this looks like for me, sir. Well, I've used Blight once before on a total uh, cultist of Jossie, um, and that basically just shriveled him up uh, into like a mummy and he just fell over dead. Mm-hmm. Um, since this is still about sort of extracting vitality, um, I think it's basically, it's just dispersing the concentration of electricity. I think it affects whatever's focusing it to like anchor it in this place and take this form. Um, it causes uh, uh, the electricity to start like arcing off and basically expending this energy with no real focus or direction. It just starts to arc off yeah. and no longer um, have that kind of focus. So we'll say it looks less like the mind flare now and more almost like a like a tangled bundle of scribbles. Like it's just <laughs> the the physical form is losing substance. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it, like arcing off, um, striking bits of metal on the ship. Um, striking nearby treetops, um, but is is clearly less less focused. Love that. Uh, top of the round, Duncan. Duncan is still swinging away and trading blows uh, with this giant dissipating weird lightning thing. It's like fighting inside a fireworks display, uh, and and he's just yelling to it. One day I'm gonna pen a book about dueling, but you know what they always tell writers. Show don't tell. Uh, and then he's just gonna wade in even deeper with his two handed blade. All right, uh, go ahead, bud. He'll he'll swash the shit out of this. Uh, the first hit is a thirty. <laughs> Packing up my books and going home. Uh, 30. Yes, the 30, the thirty will hit. Wow. The second one is. Uh, is anything less than a thirty? We're gonna be real disappointed with you. Right? It is gonna be less than a thirty. This uh, guy. Nah, fuck it. I'm using that inspiration point. Roll again. Yeah, it's also a 30. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Tom McGee here, your friendly neighborhood DM. And I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our shows. I hope you're having a great time. Obviously, we are. I'm probably really stressed because they're they're probably doing something horrible to me right now. But uh, I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, we're enjoying you being here. And listen, if you want to get a little bit more involved uh, in our show and with the various things we do, you can check out patreon.com slash dumb dumb dice where you can find more information about how you can become a part of the show, how you can screw with me on air, how you can add names and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great way to support us in our ongoing dumb adventures. So thanks very much for joining us. And I will see you out there in the dumbverse. Uh, all right. Amazing, man. Wow. Wow. So the first hit will do. Uh, that's 12 magical piercing damage. And the second will do. Uh, 16 for a total of 28 magical piercing damage from the best bone rapier in the world. <laughs> uh, tell me how you take this thing apart. 
Uh, I think he he's he's leaning in as the energy starts getting expended, and because he's having to hack it apart, he's using different tactics than he normally would. It's it's all hip based, and he's very level on the ground, lashing upwards with broad strokes, and it's just it slashes at him, bats it aside, hacks the limb off. Next one comes in, hacks the limb off, hacks the limb off. The last one, it's like a full up, and he just takes the limb and the torso in half up through the center of this damn Myrmidon. Great. Amazing. So you, you bring it up, and then I think as you slash down, um, you actually cut into the engine, um, and it it sparks and lets out like a metallic um, whine, uh, and the um, the energy it was drawing on um, to empower itself um, dissipates, and uh, there's kind of like one uh, last kind of massive static blast, uh, and then because it's energy, as soon as that hits, it just like there's like a couple more crackles, but it's just gone. Like it's just one of those things where just as soon as there's nothing feeding it, it just dissipates, uh, and you're left kind of in the smoking ruin of uh, of the airship. Um, and, uh, you know, with, with nothing but the, the sound of rainfall, um, and rain ascension, uh, around you. Is everyone well? I can administer healing. I'm, I'm doing all right, but I will say with the engine dealt with, does anyone object to the idea of taking a bit of a breather in one of these cabins? Hmm. I would I would not be opposed to to resting for a short while, perhaps taking a short rest. All right, Mark, if you want to take a look at her, maybe we can all, you know, take a breather out of the storm for a second. Very well. Yes, also, come inside. That, that spell was fucking awesome. Mm. I like that a lot. Thank you. Very good. Come, come inside. Take shelter. So with that, um, you all um, pile, I assume, into like the, probably the captain's cabins, the nicest remaining uh, remaining thing. Um, it is, uh, it's roomy enough um, that uh, there's space. Um, Ita, you're immediately more comfortable in this space uh, because it's clearly run by a very scientific mind. Everything is very orderly um, mm-hmm. in its place. Um, as you all pile in, um, Maka, um, you... Uh, you hear a, a slight um, uh, crunch uh, under your foot as you step in. And uh, as you raise your foot, you you look down and uh, inexplicably, there's a, a small, um, now cracked uh, um, model of some sort. Um, and it seems to be like, it's kind of hard to tell what it was. Also, I think to you, this stuff is all fairly frivolous, um, but you can see a body and kind of an oversized head uh, that seems to be attached on some kind of spring, um, and it looks to be a, a a figure in a um, in like a long white coat, uh, but wearing uh, like um, almost armor, like a like a green, like an emerald green, um, <laughs> such a stupid pull. Think like uh, the Elizabeth Banks Rita Repulsa from the new uh, Power Rangers, like, like just like um, slick green armor um or uh, this is a less dumb one uh any of the kree soldiers from captain marvel like just a oh, yeah, okay. like a functional like leather armor style stupid in, in a, a like brilliant very, emerald it appears to be very form fitting yeah very form fitting and also um like good for movement um and not you know it's not super sturdy but it's basically like a brilliant green um kind of armor under um a long white lab coat 
Um, and uh, the head is cracked, but you can see a pair of um, almost like uh, Ghostbusters style goggles uh, with kind of like a variety of, um, or Splinter Cell, if that's a better reference for you, um, uh, sort of things uh, up, tilted up on the head and uh, just a caved in face uh, that you stepped on. So you're not sure what the face would have been. Uh, this thing makes no sense to you, um, but uh, it uh, seems to be standing in a pose with like one finger um, in the air and another hand on its hip. Yeah, and sorry, did you say a head on a spring, like a jack-in-the-box kind of situation? Uh, like, more like a bobblehead. Like a bobblehead. And this is, you know, we've been talking about it's 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 got a humanoid shape. Is it small, like I stepped on the whole thing, or is it like this, like, life-size? No, it's it's a bobblehead. It's okay. literally a bobblehead size. I, just want, okay, so I wanted it, to make it, sure I wasn't... It's small. The head, is, the head is... No, no, no. Um, the head is large um, in yeah, kind of okay. a Pop Funko way, so yeah. it's just like... Okay. A, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, a bit of a body behind it. The, the spring is now, uh, kind of bent. So the head's at a weird, like creepy broken angle. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, um, small pointed ears, um, and, uh, uh, just the corner of a, a knowing smirk, um, aside from the caved in remainder of it. Hmm. Some kind of trinket. Hmm. I'll, uh, I'll stoop down and, and pick it up off the ground. Um, does, uh, now I know this, but Maka wouldn't necessarily, but does the, uh, does it have like a platform that it's standing on with like any kind of writing or inscription it on it? Uh, yeah. it has a, a base that just says in, in all caps in common science with, uh, an exclamation mark made of a lightning bolt at the end. Yes. Mm. I'll, uh, I'll join my friends and I'll just place it on like a shelf or a table or anything like that. Sure. It seems somewhat inconsequential to to maka i think yep absolutely uh, but he'll just bring it along and set it down somewhere instead of leaving it on the ground tom does Ida recognize the figure uh can you roll me a history check please yes i know duncan doesn't i'm not even gonna pitch it <laughs> not 20 Woo. so as your streak of Nat 20s continues <laughs> like so at this point, wild i think i might just mail you my notebooks about the rest of the adventure so you could just read combat them. you could just straight up murderer so it's like it's it's a back so true it's yeah. like <laughs> i mean between... knowledge checks yes i mean it's very in character so truly yeah also i mean as you've determined this is a a world where those checks often matter more than the combat checks so good work. <laughs> uh yes um uh, Ita, you uh, you're actually taken aback a little bit uh because hell yeah you you recognize uh, this figure um, you have, uh, you've actually heard her speak, uh, before, um, during one of her tours. This is, um, one of the heroes of the Apex Institute, uh, one of the, uh, one of their celebrities. And again, weirdly one you would actually like, uh, because she's, uh, a science person. Um, this is the, the famous, uh, Sylvia Tome, the science gnome. Sylvia Tome. She is uh, known as the uh, kind of uh, explorer, adventurer, uh, scientist of, of Apex Institute. Um, and one of the people they actively send on things. In modern parlance, she would be the person with her own, like, uh, Anthony Bourdain, Bear Gryllis, uh, like, I'm going to go explore a thing show. Um, 
Yeah. Well, obviously, one of those people is awesome and one of them sucks, but you know what I say, mean? So she's the it's guy. Sil Tom, the science yes, yes. gnome. No, it's a yes. sill, 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 sill. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You're, you're going to want to pick it up. Wonderful. Um, but uh, yes, she is. Uh, she's known for um, uh, being uh, essentially like the Indiana Jones of, of the Apex Institute. If there's something they need explored, um, she is famous for having explored it, come back and, and, and spoken about it. Um, so the fact that... Uh, there is a uh, a bobblehead of her on the ship isn't entirely surprising. Um, but looking around, you suddenly get that like fangirl kick of like, wait a minute, who would command a sky skimmer, like a cloud skimmer into an eternal storm on a science vessel? Only one gnome would be brave enough for that. Uh, you suspect you are, in fact, on the trail of Sylvia Tome herself. Ida does that. Just she leans like, back and, and kind of breathes like, in. Yeah, she looks at it and just kind of clutches her chest. Goes, oh. <laughs> Ida, is everything well? Is this some sort of cursed artifact? Hmm. Oh, on, I will destroy it. Yes. No, oh, on the contrary, this is this is my idol. This is my hero. This is. Uh, how do you not know Sylvia Tome? That is... The science gnome. She has a song. I am afraid Sylvia's head has been destroyed and she is no more, Ida. Uh, there is not I can do for her. Hmm. Oh, he thinks your idol... He thinks that is Sylvia. Do you, do you want to clarify for him? Oh, is that not Sylvia? Oh, uh, no, this is this is like a, a a small statue of her in honor. It's mm. like Sylvia you know. is larger. Yes, this is. Ah, I see. Yes. Now is yes. Sylvia she, alive? Sylvia is an, is a gnome. Or is I, Sylvia like Dano? You know, a creature of myth. No, no, no. I have literally. I have seen her. I have seen her in person. I have told her how much I I admire her. Oh, mm. all right. So you're thinking. She's here because someone has a toy of her. I, she, well, I no, I mean that I I imagine that I think I, this she may have she she's like hyperventilating like she may be here. I mean, look at the very least, it is someone who deeply admires her. But I do not. I know very few who would be so bold as to come here. And you have met her, yes. Indeed, you, would, you know her face. Oh, I, yes, her face looks much like this. And I hold it. Just like, oh, it's like the, the fucking Gabo <laughs> dummy from The Simpsons. Like, the face is smashed in the jaws at a weird angle. Yeah. <laughs> Truly horrific. <laughs> <laughs> Maka uh, says uh, he'll, uh, he'll stand up and step kind of out through the, the doorway and say, uh, Ida, would you come with me? You may be able to identify Sylvia among the dead. Oh, <laughs> I. You have seen her face. I had not. I had not considered. Please, immediately. We must. I'm gonna go over to these gnome corpses that were lined up and covered. Sure. Um. So, Maka, um, what we usually use uh, insight with you for um, matters of of uh, gravekeeping, correct? Uh. Insight, uh, yeah, insight would work. Um, we've nature? done religion and nature as well. Okay. We usually do religion or nature, actually. Okay. We don't use insight. 
Fair enough. Uh, that makes more sense. Let's roll a nature check. Um, this is one of those, like, let's determine what the nature of these, like what damage has been done to these bodies by the, uh, uh, by the, the, the crash, you know, it's also something that I never thought I would have to use. So I am just going to mention it because I'm excited that we're dealing with gnomes again. I do have advantage on gnome religion checks. If these bodies have been laid down in any kind of, uh, traditionally or traditional or significant way to observe okay any kind wow of, yeah from our time in the bone spurs yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh damn and man talk that's to me awesome. about that gnome time religion yeah man. Oh. gnome time religion anyway uh here's uh, a nature yeah. check um you uh, can have advantage on this yeah. then okay yep. great the roll result goes up by one i'll take it um and we're saying nature so that is a 21 21. Okay, great. Um, so, uh, yes, you, um, you recognize, uh, that, um, these, uh, these bodies were, um, I want to say, uh, what's the best way to put this? Um, you get the like, you definitely see trappings of what you would expect from, from your, your learnings about, uh, gnomish religion. Um, but they've been done in a very, um, kind of, logical and methodical way um you're not seeing um they, they haven't been wrapped carefully they've been wrapped efficiently so in okay. modern terms it'd be the difference between i think a church you would go where like everything is very solemn and everyone really like everyone knows the words to all the hymns like a like a, a christian church knows the hymns knows when to stand up and sit down knows when to shake hands knows when to go get the wafer like knows every step of it doesn't need to be guided is very very deep in it this is more like a, a giant one of those youtube videos of, of someone like vendor just like preparing food like super super fast kind of thing uh yeah in that ballpark I, I would almost say it, it it's uh it's kind of the way that like a lot of i don't know like the way my family celebrates christmas like there's not like a whole lot of religion in the way we celebrate Christmas. We still celebrate Christmas, but it's done. Or like a lot of my friends uh, who are of the Jewish faith often like do things like, yeah, we're going to absolutely light the menorah, but like, we're not, I'm still going to have bacon tomorrow. Like it's that kind of, the sense you're getting is that um, this is a distilled version of gnomish religion that is done by people who likely follow the rituals because the rituals matter, but don't necessarily, they aren't necessarily true believers. If that makes So it's like the burial at sea version of a funeral versus Uh, kind of, or these people are just so, um, hell bent on their scientific method that they might be like, I understand this is part of my culture, but I don't necessarily believe that like they got a better like chance with gnome Jesus because I wrapped them properly. So yeah, Mm. somewhere, somewhere in the ballpark of all those things, but yeah, Ryan, I think that's, that's a good way to put it. Also, um, there aren't any funerary rights. (laughs) Yeah. There aren't any, um, funerary rights that have been done here. It is very much like the equivalent of a burial at sea to the point where you would expect they will likely try and come back. Like this feels like a, we got to leave this Mm. for now. This is a hostile area. We'll give you minimal honors in case we die. (laughs) Like there's definitely been some, you know, you find, I don't know, we'll say like a coin in, in each hand, which is something that they, they do to be like, it's the classic ferryman payment thing. So like they still did the bare minimum to make sure that if they didn't come back, that these gnomes would be fine, but it's, it's taciturn and it also doesn't look, um, there's not a lot of faith in this. There's more ritual, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, Maka will then be careful in how he handles these uh corpses but he does pull the coverings away so that Ita mm. can see if sylvia 
is among the dead. Sure. And I think, Maka, you would actually know how to wrap these bodies properly to do what they were attempting to do. To Ryan's mm-hmm. point of burial at sea, often that's kind of like we'll wrap you in a flag and sort of push right. you off the side or a sheet right. if we don't have that. This, you know that you for, if the goal is to preserve these bodies for later actual burial, you can wrap them better. So it's not like you're disrupting uh, anything. But uh, because of the high roll um, you made, uh, the bodies were actually in pretty good shape. Uh, they aren't, uh, you know, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru from Star Wars. Um, uh, so you can... Um, uh, <laughs> look, man, that scared the shit out of me as a kid. That's always my... That and the, uh, the Jack Nicholson Joker buzzer. Like, that is what fried corpse looks like in my head in Nightmares forever. So, no, they're not that. You're good. Um, they just clearly probably succumb to, if you were to take a glance, um, smoke inhalation um, or possibly one, we'll say one of them probably uh, it was smoke inhalation. The other was just the impact, like they just landed okay. badly. Um, that said, because they aren't too burnt, um, you can actually take a proper look. Uh, their faces are intact enough that, uh, Ita, you're able to identify that neither is Sylvia, but mm-hmm. Maka, sorry, you had something and I, I cut you off. I was just going to say. Um, I will cast gentle repose as a ritual. Um, mm-hmm. so it doesn't take a spell slot, but it takes a little bit more time. Um, and I will, um, because of my observations leading me to the conclusion that this was done, uh, out of an observation of proper, uh, like a cultural reaction to how to handle your dead, but with the intention of coming to collect them and give them proper burial. So he's going to give, uh, bestow gentle repose upon them where they basically won't decay yep. or rot or anything like that Love for it. for 10 days great um cool so um you cast that um as ita you uh, examine the bodies um i also so, can't become undead which is important too <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely um just in case tainted jossie happens to be hanging around yeah uh smash cut to the mushroom in duncan's pocket um so um they are wearing um uh green uh jumpsuits as well um but these are less well appointed than the one on the bobblehead um either to you this would come as no surprise because like again uh sylvia tome is a like a vaunted adventurer um and who would of course have better stuff um so instead you can think of these almost as flight suits um they're uh you know like a one 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 piece bodysuit zipped up a bunch of pockets, Rob Leefield style. Uh, so just like bandoliers of pockets around their thigh and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like a '90s X-Men character, all in in the same green. Um, they have a uh, a logo. Um, there's uh, they they have um, sort of the the apex uh, A, which is a um, a stylized. Uh, it's a little bit like the Star Trek logo, uh, if you think of it that way. Um, so kind of a stylized a um where it comes up to a point but off one of the legs it kind of arcs back and upward and in almost on that star trek communicator arc mm-hmm. um but just to cross it and make the a uh and beyond that the uh the arc of that line becomes a star um so oh. it's uh oh, like any space agency logo is a is a decent um parallel for this uh, but unlike the Bleen uh, consortium of Bleen uh, logo, this is legitimately slick in in kind of an Apple way. Mm-hmm. Um, it it does uh, legitimately look good. So they have that on uh, on either shoulder, um, kind of like astronauts wearing their flags. Um, however, over uh, their um, right breast, um, they have um, a, a a patch. 
that has that same star, um, but uh, sort of um, tucked in the little gaps between the points of the star. Um, there's like um, an Erdemeyer flask, um, <laughs> a like um, a pair of tweezers, um, what looks like a microscope. Like they basically just have a bunch of different icons signifying scientific research. Yeah. Um, and under it is uh, sort of over and under it is a uh, text uh, that says um, uh, stars. Um, so in, in all caps with kind of a, a period after each uh, letter, you're not sure what it stands for, um, but clearly um, these, these, this gnome task force is, uh, has a special designation. Hmm. You vaguely remember stars being somehow related to Sylvia Tome, but it didn't matter to you at the time but, because yeah. you're more interested in, you know, it's like anyone doing it like a TED talk. And they're like, oh, and also I run a, a not-for-profit called this. And I was like, we don't give a shit. Tell us more about cool stuff you're doing. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, they seem to be uh, part of her uh, her unit. All right. Well, uh, this is not, this is not Sylvia, but I, I know she has worked with, with, with this uh, this group, this organization, I I I think this is just more evidence. We we are on the path of of Sylvia. Mm. I saw it, Doctor Sylvia Tom. Oh my goodness! Mm. And so, can we count her as an ally or an enemy? Ah, uh, I mean, based on what I know, I would say ally. However. I have clearly been betrayed by people who I thought were decent, or at least I was indifferent to. Uh, therefore, who knows? Mm. Yes. But yes. no, I believe she will be good. She No, no, she is very good. Mm. There was no key within the cloud skimmer. Mm. Only mention of it in notes and documents. Perhaps Sylvia has this key to the observatory. Per, oh, per, perhaps. Hmm. We will rest now, yes, and prepare for the next leg of our journey. We have oh, much yes. to do. This will be very difficult for me to sleep now, but I will try. And with that, um, you pile into the uh, into Sylvia's quarters, um, Duncan, um, just before everyone tucks in for the night, uh, any thoughts on the um, uh, the skimmer panels uh, that uh, match the ones from Orville? I don't think this would be like a, an alarming revelation, but just as I feel like one of your like the D plot um, that Duncan's kind of dealing with, I think is is coming to understand in kind of an exciting way how all the different cultures of Gren kind of tie back into Orville. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious where he's at in terms of like one more piece of the puzzle. I think he's fascinated by the idea of the Apex Institute and how they, or, or gnomes or all of the above kind of having some sort of involvement with the, the idea of Orville. It becomes, I think for him, it's a longer term thought, which is why it's not like a chat he needs to have with the others right now. No, but I it's figured, like, yeah. oh, either to get back to Orville, clearly there are people who can make us a flying thing to get us up there or us plus allies. Or if they know the technology, there may be a way to bring Orville down from the outside. Because with how little everyone thinks of humans, he doubts they would give the humans something without there being like a trip or a control built into it. Mm, interesting. Yep. 
so that's that's his thing where he's like ah when i've got access to this damn institute and whoever's in there i gotta find out what i can find out about orville this would be useful awesome um so um having uh defeated the the monster lurking in the engine um and gained some valuable insight both about uh the people you're in pursuit of um as well as uh, to some extent i think the nature of these lightning creatures um as as maka pointed out um there seems to be a conscious thought in as much as they are able to implement uh tactics and employ strategy but also these things seem to just battle with killing intent. There doesn't seem to be um, any of the natural uh, instinct you would assume from, from creatures. You've gained some insight, uh, you found a place to rest, and more importantly, you found a place that's dry. Um, and uh, in Ida's case, uh, you get to have a nap in your hero's room, which is mm-hmm. kind of neat. Um, so with that, uh, the the three of you um, tuck in uh, to have a a proper rest um, happily with the rations that Maka found. Um, again, you're it's not dissimilar from the boat you're on. The main difference being these are like <laughs> spaceman rations, so it's a lot <laughs> of like um, uh, sort of uh, plastic tubes of uh, of flavor paste, uh, which is admittedly much more delicious than the the hardtack rations. Um, and not that you would ever tell them this, but definitely better than Nev stew. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you're able to rest up, um, Duncan and Ita, uh, you can lose your exhaustion. Um, you're able hey. to actually properly rest. Um, and, uh, with that, uh, you tuck in, uh, with the sounds of, uh, rain, uh, outside wind lightning in the distance and the subtle, almost imperceptible humming of the Sylvia Tome, the science gnome theme song uh, that Ida is both unaware she is doing and more importantly, unaware that you can hear. This episode of Curse Code and Crowd Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. 
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.